Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. everybody and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello everyone. Hello Pete Wright. Oh Nikki, you've really thrown us a curveball. But a fun one. Oh, it's going to be a doozy. I'll tell you. I So we're doing this aha stories thing. Like aha stories living with your ADHD. You're going to set that up for us in just a minute. I have to tell you, I have listened to many of them so far. And what tearjerkers these are. I know they're I am great. like <laughs> choked right up through most of them. They are so good. These people are amazing. Uh, and I'm so deeply humbled and honored that they would record their voices and share with us and with the world. It's incredible. It is just mm-hmm. wonderful. So uh, where where this come from, this big idea of yours? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Because it was one of those things that you and I and Melissa, our podcast um, assistant, we were having a meeting and we were talking about shows, you know, up, we were kind of planning the content. And one of the shows that I've always liked doing was sharing success stories or sharing yeah. stories from listeners. But the problem is that a lot of people don't respond because they don't see success, which is really unfortunate because there's so many successes with everything that we all do, but it's really hard to see sometimes. And so I thought, okay, I don't want to say share your successes because I probably am not going to get a lot of feedback. So then I thought, okay, what if we just had a show or not a show, but had like little sound bites of, of people who listen to the show that just talk about like a story, like one situation or, or give us some strategies that have worked for them, um, how they're coping, you know, with their ADHD. And I thought that's inspiring. That's a yeah. really like motivating thing to listen to because not only are you listening, uh, about who they are and their story with ADHD, but they, like you said, they're great stories. Then I said, okay, so Melissa, please go to Discord and get sound bites from people. But then <laughs> I thought they're not going to do that either because that, like, I wouldn't even know how to do that. Right. Like, how do I give you a sound, sound yeah, bite? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm asking way too much. So then I, I thought, okay. And I, you probably think I'm crazy, but I thought, all right. I'm going to open up my calendar and I'm going to let people who are interested in doing this to set up a half hour interview with me 
I'm going to interview them. I'm going to have the recording, give it to Pete. Pete and I are going to edit it. And then it'll be a lot easier to have these like sound bites. And that's what we did. And that's what we did. And I'm yeah. so excited because I just, I, know. I don't know. I just think this is a great idea. And if it, if, if our audience likes it, then I think we should do it again. You know, I do sometime. too. I, so. so we we have enough now that we're doing two uh, two of these episodes back to back of these aha moments. They're sort of part of our living with ADHD series that we're that yes, we started last yes. week um, yeah. with uh, Kalaki and uh, such a great conversation we had there. I, I I think this is really special. I hope you don't see it as you know self indulgent. I learned so much from hearing these people talk about their experiences with ADHD. It was really. Um, really eye-opening um well and, and, and why do you say self-indulgent um because it like it's it, it's just like uh i don't know i i don't know i don't know why i, say I that. think I, I think maybe i don't know for sure but i wasn't expecting people to talk about the podcast and oh, so when yeah, people yeah, talked right. about the podcast i was like Oh, oh my gosh, that's so nice. That's the, so that the podcast yeah. was a part of their response to, yes. to this. Right. Yes. So I guess that's it. That's that's right. That's kind uh, of where that, I was tying that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of anchors onto what I'm I'm feeling about this. But I'll tell you, like, I it is it's so easy for us i think i don't i don't want to speak for you so stop me but it's so easy to just feel like oh it's time for me to talk to nikki in my weekly talk with nikki time and <laughs> not have any sense of what of of what's going on out there beyond what's in in our community like it's hard to the community is different because I can type something and someone will respond to it like it's interactive mm -hmm. the podcast itself is not inherently interactive it's us talking at a void whoever right? yeah right. yeah whoever. we don't know and it's, it is yeah. stunning to me when people talk come back to us and say something so that's i guess what is self-indulgent mm -hmm. please we'll, we'll probably include some some clips of people talking about the podcast and and we just appreciate you listening to it and bearing with us i'm telling you this was this was a really special experience so mm -hmm. um so with that uh, you know what we're going to do before we, we start. You should head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You should get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website, subscribe to the mailing list, and uh, we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD. And uh, now more than ever, if this show has touched you and changed the way you live your life with ADHD, head over to Patreon.com slash The ADHD Podcast to learn more. Incredible people just like you have gone there and become supporters of the ADHD podcast and community. They get access to special members only, uh, uh, members only channels in our Discord online community. They get early access to the podcast. They get to join us for, for these live streams, uh, which are, you know, sometimes worth checking out <laughs> the live streams. Sometimes things sometimes, are memorable that happen yeah. in the live streams. <laughs> And so you get those as we record them. Uh, and so it's a lot of fun, plus uh, other uh, new members-only stuff that is yet to come. We are building right now. Very excited to have you be a part of it. So check out patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Nikki Kinzer, where do we want to start this cavalcade of listener feedback show? Well, I think the best place to start with would be with our podcast assistant, Melissa. 
And some of you may know her as Discord Mom in the ADHD community. So back when my son was going into first grade, so it was three years ago, um, we got some news that we were going to have to move to a different school. I found out three weeks before the school year was set to start. And it was mm. a big shock. I kind of went into spiral mode myself trying to figure out what we were going to do at the time. My son was going through um, behavioral therapy with a therapist and things were going well and we were making a lot of progress. And I just felt like having to tell him that we were changing schools, he was going to have to change his before and after care, that it was going to set us back. And Mm -hmm. I was really worried about how it was going to affect him and how it was going to affect, um, you know, us as a family. And um, I I didn't get a lot of sleep during those couple of weeks. I did. I was calling anybody and everybody trying to get things done and do the most I could to help him transition the best that we could. Um, And... Um, I decided to write an email to the podcast and get Pete oh. and Nikki's perspective on how things might be better for me. And I remember... I don't remember this. It was episode <laughs> 307, getting more things done the during the dog days of summer or something, or like getting one more project oh. done. And... Oh, wow. Um you guys read my question on the air and it was the first time I had ever written in. And um, I was at first, I was just super excited to hear my name on the podcast that I had been listening to for so long that I was super excited. But uh, you guys talked about um, how kids are resilient and how mm-hmm. even though... Um, you know, he may have ADHD and be on the autism spectrum that all the work that we have done up until that point was going to be what helped him to make the transition, even if it was hard, that he would be able to bounce back. And I just remember I was driving home from work, listening to the episode. I remember exactly where I was. And I just started sobbing. I was like, they get it. It was just, it felt good to have somebody validate, you know, that it was hard. Um, mm-hmm. But to say that, you know, even though it is hard that, you know, it's not the end of the world and that... Um, kids are a lot more resilient and able to bounce back than adults most of the time. And Nikki mentioned that it was a good thing to have happen in a way because learning these lessons helps you transition and move forward the next time it happens because there will be a next time. And um, I, we've had plenty of next times since that happened. And I've always fallen back on those words that 
kids are resilient and, you know, to not let it, you know, let me spiral out of control. And um, it has been something that has helped me stay grounded when we've come into different situations that have caused, you know, big transitions, things that are unexpected. It has been um, immensely helpful. And um, I actually was re-listening to the episode. And the one thing I'm still working on, but it was a nice reminder to hear, was Nikki, you said, not only do, you know, I need to be cognizant of my son and making sure that he's okay, but that with myself and my own ADHD, that I need to make sure that I'm first taking care of myself and making sure that the things that I have in place for myself are still there because you can't take care of somebody else if you're not taking care of yourself. And that is always a good lesson to continue to remind myself. Like I said, it's something I'm still working on, but it's one that I'm continually learning that uh, I have Mm -hmm. to do. But I just... That that day was immensely helpful in helping me get through things. And things, it turned out fine. And he's been at the school Mm -hmm. for the last three years now and loves it. And I mean, it was a lot of hard work getting to where we are now, but um, it turned out fine. I mean, he was super mm-hmm. upset when I told him and it was a it was a, a fairly large ordeal when when things went down. But um, you know, I had made sure that we had plenty of uh, things in place to help him transition as smoothly as possible. And uh, it actually worked out really well. Oh, Melissa, I can't think of a better way to, to start the I know, our, right? our little conversation than with Melissa's first uh, experience writing in. That's exceptional. That is exceptional. I can't believe it was episode 307. It's a long time I know. ago. Oh, Melissa, so much love. And I'm so glad that everything, I'm so glad that it turned out we were, we did okay. <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> We could have given like really strange yeah, wrong advice, but it terrible. looks like we did okay. <laughs> it so. looks like we did okay. Uh, and uh, he's such such a charming and great kid. So yes, he uh, is. so glad, so glad that that worked out. Okay. Uh, beautiful. Where do we go from here? Okay, so next is our listener Marcos, and he has a very powerful story that we want to share, uh, and it's around RSD. So I think a lot of people are going to. Uh, to relate to this. As somebody with ADHD, I suffer with RSD. I think like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people do. And and it really came to a head when I went through my first performance review with my new company that I'm working with. And, um, and it went <laughs> oddly <laughs> and didn't go the way mm-hmm. that I thought it was going to go. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, and but it was a it was a disappointment, but it was also um, surprising, and it sent me into a RSD spiral, and I was really upset. The genie was out of the bottle, and I wanted to you know like throw everything away and quit and all these different things that all these emotions that were processing, and so I was trying to sit with them and I was trying to meditate and I was trying to to talk about them with my wife and, 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 you know, trying to kind of process as best as I could and nothing was working. And, and I was getting really close to doing some dramatic 
you know, actions, which would have Mm -hmm. not been healthy for me. And so, and so one morning I was just like, you know, because now this is my routine. I got up, I put my shoes on, I put my Mm -hmm. clothes on, it was cold. And I went out and I put an audio book on. I've listened (laughs) to your podcast while I've been doing this Mm -hmm. walk. That's actually how it started. Um, And in that process, it was like, as I got close to home, I... I had like I felt like I was starting to get my ha- handle on it and on my emotions a little bit, and then all of a sudden, this really uh, uncomfortable thought came over me, and I remember thinking at that moment, like I had enough distance from my emotions from just the walk, this mindful kind of exercise, that I was like, "Wow, that was really odd," because it came out of nowhere. It was this really negative thought. That came out of nowhere and it actually caught me as absurd that it would be so, you know, like so front and center, even though I kind of had dealt with it. And, and at that moment, I realized, I was like, listen, if I just look at this, this, uh, performance review from the perspective of them not wanting me to quit for them not wanting to do me harm, as just people that just did a bad performance review, really, ultimately. Um, and it changed the dynamic of how I felt about it. It stopped being an RSD reaction and started to be like, okay, now where can I go? Like, how can I take this information and act on it in a way that I think is productive or at least serves me better? And what I ended up doing is I, I took that and I took that energy and I went home and I furiously wrote Mm-hmm. like a response like to this performance review and i basically says like okay listen to what you said and the big thing about the performance review that caught me off guard was i ended up defending myself like they were giving me uh feedback mm-hmm. which was negative feedback and and i immediately started defending myself of, like what well, was this and this and this is why i do this and, da, 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 da. and that wasn't i don't think th- it made it made me feel and i think this is where the the, the feelings of rsd really kind of like were really battling me was was i made me feel like i then was not accepting of of feedback or i was not um uh wasn't listening you know and i was like man they probably got they probably thought that i wasn't listening i don't care and i'm like some diva you know all these thoughts all these these play these these all these like um Mm-hmm. like serials like plays were playing in my head of all these conversations that were never really happened but that were like they're gonna think this they're gonna think this they're gonna think this and that was just sending me down a spiral and and so anyway so i transitioned and then i wrote this furious thing which was still negative like my response was not the best mm-hmm. but i wrote it down and then my wife and i went through it and 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 she helped me to forge my language, which is more of a, and she's a professional mm-hmm. manager. Like she manages a lot of people. And, and so she was like, you know, if I did a review like this, this is the feedback that I'd want to get. And this is what you should, this is how it should have been presented to you. So let's present it that way as if, you know, and, and it just changed, yeah. it completely changed the dynamic and it, and it changed my relationship with my boss and my boss's boss and the company. And, and I went from this really negative spiral to transitioning to like very positive outflow of of energy and action um that i think like it was a Mm -hmm. big big win Mm -hmm. for me like it's like uh, you know i 
for my, you know, in my entire life, I would mm-hmm. blow stuff like this up if it was, if it was like, you know, like, I don't want to be rejected. So I'm going to reject and defend. I'm going to just defend, defend, like, defend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Defend, 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 and screw all this. And I'm just going to throw it all away. And, and that, that does right. not serve me well and hasn't served me well in the past. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love what I do and I love my job and I love, I like mm-hmm. literally love it. Like I get up every morning, I'm really excited and, and to throw all that away because of, of a negative emotion that like now I realize I can get control of through something as simple as taking yeah. a walk in the cold. And listening to a book, you know, or this like pleasure pairing, that's what, that's what the concept is that I've been that we're trying to institute, which is like, I don't really like to walk in the cold. I don't mind waking up early, but, but if like, but I really like listening to books or I really like listening to podcasts. And so I have those queued up. And to me, it's just like, I much prefer to do that. It's like, it's not really about the walk. It's just about really turning my mind off and my mind's constantly going. So, so pre-medication, yeah, pre-meditation, right. <laughs> you know, all of this stuff, like that's my action every morning. And, um, and it's like clockwork, like, and it's, it's been uh, during this time, it's been instrumental in, in my mental health and, and my ability to process a flurry of negative emotions from everything you know, we're doom scrolling. We've got craziness in the political system. We've got craziness in the weather. We've got everywhere. Cra- it's just, it's yeah. nuts right now. It's everywhere. And so it's like just trying to maintain some semblance of, of positivity from something as simple as taking a walk is crazy to me. Like, like something that simple, but I, I should know, I, again, this is probably, this is the ADHD talking, but like, I should know better. Like, why do I have to like, you know, whatever. But that's how I feel sometimes. It's just like, but I, I say that because meditation was that, that way for me. Like something as simple as meditation. When I first started meditating, it was like, how is this 15 minutes of my life going to make any difference? And it's made huge differences in my life, like way more than I think anything else I've done. And, and it's like, you try to describe that to somebody they're not going to believe it. They're like, no, there's no way. It's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's (laughs) a perfect example too, of when you're in an RSD spiral, you know, it feels like you can't get out of it. It feels so big and so emotional. And uh, one of the things that I, I really love about your story and I hope really inspires other people is that you can, you can get through it. It will pass, but give yourself that time to process and sit with it and put some space between it. Um, and, and as you're saying with the walking, the meditation and these things that you've put in place made such a difference for you. The difference between my output at the very beginning and output later is, is completely different, right? It was a a defensive stance to like, Mm -hmm. no, let me just show you like all the things that I've, that I've accomplished that we didn't even get to go into. Right. Because because yeah. I was different. And you're advocating and, for yourself, um, too. I mean, I, and, think I want people to to yeah. see that you were also able to get past, you know, any shame or embarrassment or, oh, my gosh, they're right. I Like you, you said it. I should just leave. I should just quit and 
and forget my dream, you know, like, and, and, and those are those natural, like first responses. Um, but when, again, they obviously don't want me. Yeah. That was like the, that, that was the narrative that kept playing through my head was like, they obviously don't. And then for you, yeah. And then for you to switch that narrative to all of a sudden, how did you say it? I don't want to put words in your mouth you said, they do want me to stay or they don't want me. No, I just was like, let's, let's, let's start from the, let's start from the place that, that where they don't want me to leave. That's right. Yeah. Like, 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 let me frame it. Let me frame it from there. Yeah. Like, like they're not trying to do me any harm. They, they don't want me to leave. Like if I start there, then, then like, if I start from that perspective, like that there is no ill will, then it changes the the response. And that's really what it comes down to is it takes a long time to get there. Don't get me wrong. This is not an easy process. Like this is, this has been a process for me that's been honed for years. And Pete said something on a podcast. I'm not sure which one, but that really resonated with me, which was, was like, be furiously curious about yourself. And I'm, and I'm crazily curious about the entire world. It's part of my nonlinear way of thinking. Probably why I'm successful in the career path that I've done. I'm an engineer, I'm an engineer, I'm a roboticist. This is the things that I do. And, and I am, I do not think like an engineer. Like engineers by trade generally are very linear. And I am not linear in even the slightest. I look for like these crazy connections in the world. And, and I try to make those connections fit together and find how things, I love how things like, like the world bends to make things connect. I was, you know, so this idea that I, if like, I can be so curious about almost like, I'm curious about stuff that people are like, why are you even interested right. in that? And I am, I'm just, I'm just hyper curious about people yeah. and, and processes and things and everything, everything. But for the longest time of my life, I was never really curious about myself and how my brain works and how the world like things. If you can get it a hyper focus on the mechanism of learning, you know, then it changes everything. Right. And so I like, so I've been like that opened my eyes to that process. Like, 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 why do I struggle with this and not struggle with this? And why do I struggle with this and not struggle with that? And then being really curious about it. Like, just like, the, the meditation has helped me to get distance from the curiosity, like to like, try not to be so shamed about mm-hmm. it. But then, but then the, but then just being like, I'm curious about everything. So I might as well just be curious about like, why my yeah. brain works this way on this one way and why my brain doesn't work this way on this other way. And then, and work then with it. focus on You're that. working with it. Yeah. Yeah. Work with yeah. It. yeah and then really deep dive into it. And, um, and so I did that with emotions yeah. and, and, I remember reading somewhere about how how um, I believe people with depression, I, and I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure how this connection came to be, but there's this physical connection between, like, not like breaking through certain. No, no, it's anxiety. Mm. It's not depression, but like breaking through certain anxiety. And there was like a there was like a psychologist or neurologist or somebody that was um, that was making. <laughs> people with anxiety in the middle of anxiety attacks do like squats against a wall or something. Oh. And it was the physical aspect of breaking, like physically breaking that, 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 uh, mind spiral. Oh, interesting. And I, and I, I don't know the science behind it or whatever, but that has always been in the back of my head is like, maybe I just need to get out of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and the, so the walking has really helped that and the meditation obviously has helped a lot mm-hmm. with the, 
the, the negotiation of the emotions and the regulation of the emotions yeah. or whatever. But um, but it's a work. It's a it's a constant work mm-hmm. in progress. And the pandemic threw it like everything I thought was working threw it for mm-hmm. a loop. And I was like, whoa, wow, I gotta get back <laughs> get, on this. Get curious. <laughs> get, get curious again yeah. about like, and that's, okay, why am I suffering? I love that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I love that. Get curious again. So when things don't, you know, if they start to to look different or your habits aren't, you know, as they were uh, pre-pandemic, yes, get curious, like what's going on. And and I think what, what you're saying too, is that you did get curious and you did figure out how to to make it work for you again. And it looks different, right, than now than it does yeah. pre-pandemic. And it will look different again, yeah, 100%. you know. Um, yeah, it's all yeah. about, it's all about breaking the shame spiral. Mm-hmm. You got to break the shame chain. Right, right. <laughs> right. Like, you got to break that first. Like, that's the first thing you got to do. It's like, okay, my 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 routine, my process is not mm-hmm. working. And it's like, oh, this is never going to work. Oh, it never works. And, oh, I, you know, like, like I've been there. I'm in it, like, all yes, the time, yes. right? And it's like, so you, so you fight for that yeah. one. That one, you got to, you got to just fight and, and with whatever method and routine you can, at least mm-hmm. for me, I, I'm speaking mm-hmm. for myself, obviously, but for me, like, like I focus first on that. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me break that shame, like either address it and be like, all right. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm a horrible person. So let me, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get past that. Let's move right, on to right. the next thing. But sometimes that's harder than other sure. times. Sometimes it, sometimes it's, it's as much as a walk. Sometimes it's like, I have to do like, like heavily physical exercise. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, I have to meditate for a week mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. just to break it. Like, okay, all right. I'm not a horrible person. Like, like, let's get past this. Once you get, once I get past that, then it's like, okay, now let's work. Yeah. And then it's like, let's get curious and let's like, okay, why am I thinking that? And like, where did that come from? And, and uh but yeah when you can like for me the biggest one was that like in this whole episode was that mm-hmm. when this like when i finally felt like i had everything under control and then this like like bullet train of negativity came roaring through and like literally i just stepped back and was like wow that came out of nowhere yeah. and like i realized at that point it's like okay all the bullets that are flying like i'm all right I'll be okay because that, that negativity is just, it's just going to like a duck. I'm just going to come right off me. And, and now I can, now I can process. Now I can get through it. And it was really emotional up to that point. Like I was just like, I was really emotional and, um, and I'm an emotional dude. So like it was, it was a big break. I love that. I, I love that for a few reasons, not the least of which is that he uh, liked something that I said. So well, selfishly. Seriously, being curious. <laughs> Fearlessly curious. That was delightful. Uh, yeah, somebody should write a book. Uh, <laughs> of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but no, there I, is a lot of power to that, right? Yeah, I mean, right. really, to be able to not shame yourself and go into that that judgment, but to to just be really curious about how your mind works. And, and, uh, and I love how he, with the RSD, you know, going with that story first about how he was just able to really give himself that space and that time and, and that shift from, I'm not going to quit to, I know they don't want me to quit. Right. Yeah, like, right. It, it's really cool. I thank yeah. you, Marcos. That was, a, it was a wonderful story. That's huge. It's just huge. The power of just, you know, freeing yourself. I read an article just as a little aside that says we need to be outside for two hours 
a day target outside. Be outside. Wow. Rain or, For two rain hours or shine. a day? Wow. Well, they and they actually call it in, in like a green space, if you can, right? It's just, just not just the value of parks, but they're finding that there is a, a real brain value to being outside in the trees, in the green, whatever you're doing. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I can see that. Yeah, I could see it working. Next up, we have Jason. Jason is a, a writer and a journalist, uh, and he is uh, he's fantastic, and I'm so glad. He's also on a podcast, so his audio is amazing. And, uh, <laughs> and so I just love, I love listening to Jason. I love that he's a part of our community, and I love his story. I think I, re- I really, really relate to it, right? And, and so I, I, I hope you get out of this, and we'll, let's, let's just roll it and see what you have to say after. Is that okay? Of course. Awesome. Here we go. Let's go. So I, I work from home even before all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I work from home because my company, The Athletic, is headquartered in San Francisco. I live in Oklahoma City. Okay. So obviously, I'm not going into the office right. uh, ever. <laughs> yeah. um, but even before that, I, I've always, you know, I'm, 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 I graduated college in 2009. So since 2009, I've basically worked from home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just, brutal. I, in fact, I told all my friends when, you know, they were all excited about, I mean, nobody's excited about the pandemic, right. but they were all like, Hey, well, oh, it's cool to work from home. I'm like, no, it sucks. It's hard. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> and, and I think that's the thing that I've, that took me the longest to accept is that this is not ever going to go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think I thought getting on medication was just going to fix it. Right. And, uh, and that's certainly not the case. I, I also, I'm, I'm now in therapy also, mm-hmm. um, which I know isn't, you know, I know that's not the same necessarily as having an ADHD coach or whatever, but like that helps a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so it's having somebody to talk to about some of these things yeah. when I've been the worst, when I have the hardest time is when I don't get a good night's sleep. And, mm-hmm. and I, I've the last you know, month or so, I've I've tried to go to bed earlier. Tried to get up and go to the gym. That stuff really does make a difference. Yes. like it really does. And, and I can make all the excuses I want, but the truth is, when I'm not exercising and sleeping well, it's a million times worse. Yeah. And then the other thing I would also add, um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, but like your your podcast has helped me out a ton. Oh, thank really. you. Um, because. I, it was about it was about the time the pandemic started and everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. And for me, I I don't know if everyone with ADHD is this way, but it's the pandemic and the shutdown and not seeing people as much as I want, and yeah. those things have made my ADHD. I feel like a million times worse, mm-hmm. uh, just a mm-hmm. million times worse. I, I'm much more foggy. I have a harder time focusing. Mm-hmm. I'm you know. Um, so, but anyway, but about a year, I guess it would have been about a year ago. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we've been dealing with this I now know, for right? a year. Crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, about a year ago, I, I, I love podcasts. I, mm-hmm. I as I mentioned, I, yeah. I am on a podcast regularly for my job. I do other podcasts sometimes and I love to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And I sort of dawned on me, like, I wonder if there are like any podcasts for people with ADHD. And so I literally just Googled it yeah. and some article said that you guys were the best one. So I oh. subscribed and and the first episode I I I I I'm not exaggerating this. The first episode I listened to, uh the way that you guys were talking, I cried. Like Aww. I actually cried because Jason, thank you. Uh, wow. Because it was like I 
I'm so bad at talking about my emotions with people. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really talk about the way I feel with ADHD much, except really to my therapist mm -hmm. and then sometimes to my wife. Mm -hmm. um, but just hearing hearing people talk about the things that I deal with, it was like, okay, I'm not alone here. And then eventually when I joined the the Patreon and mm -hmm. got in the Discord and, you know, I mean, it's just, it's great. I love it. I absolutely love it. And that's oh, the reason I wanted you. to do this. Oh, so. I appreciate that so much. And uh, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And I'm so glad that you found us and that it resonates with you and that you're on study hall with me. So I get to see you every Thursday. <laughs> Uh, it, it's really great that you did this. And I really appreciate you sharing your, your experience with ADHD and also really bringing up some really good points and, um, you know, about the management of it. And I also appreciate when a couple of different times where you said not, it doesn't always work because that is the truth, right? It doesn't <laughs> yeah. always work. And if we can just accept that and know that that's okay, but that doesn't need to stop us from doing it again or trying again, um, then, you know, that's managing ADHD in, in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, I used to be a lot worse about, you know, the printing it out and doing it all by long hand. Like one day I remember that had worked a few times. I mm -hmm. tried it and it like really wasn't working and I was getting angry and it's like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm not fixable. I'm not, I'm not fixable. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I would, I would feel. But now I've sort of learned that no, it's not totally fixable, but that's okay. Like that's okay. I really appreciate Jason's insight on accepting ADHD and that it's not going to go away um, and understanding that these strategies work and sometimes they don't work. And I yeah. love that because it's so yeah. true, you know, and one of the things that I really noticed about Jason when I was interviewing him is just the perseverance in his voice. Like he's not giving up. And, uh, and I love that. And what he said about the podcast, I, you know, I have no Ugh. words. It's so sweet. Right. I I feel like I, I really relate to this idea that, you know, from any day, any one day to the next, you can't totally trust the tools that you have in place to help you get the job done. Right. There's mm -hmm. you never you never quite have. You'll never have 100 percent confidence that this one, this thing that I did today is going to help me tomorrow. And that's uh, that's that bit about acceptance. Like once you accept that, then you're free to be creative and you, you can stop being angry. Uh, so and, true. Right. That's okay. So uh, I really, really appreciate uh, Jason's insights and so glad he he jumped in on the call um, or jumped in on the show. Next, we have our uh, dear friend and member of our community, uh, Jay. There was something else that just wasn't clicking correctly. Um, I started um, going down a path that um, not not a bad path by mm -hmm. no means. But um, um, started analyzing my oldest son, David. Um, uh, they discovered that he had some learning difficulty in actually in kindergarten. Okay. And this is when we were um, still in Georgia and we hadn't moved to Alabama yet. Mm -hmm. But when we moved to Alabama, um, which we were very fortunate, uh, they did it, what we now call the IEP on him, Individual Educational um, Plan, mm -hmm. and uh, were able to work with him. And I looked at my wife and um, I said, I wish I'd had that whenever I was in school. Mm. I probably would have done a whole lot better, even through 
you know, because I was, you know, having, I won't say flashbacks, but I was, you know, looking back at, you know, how I struggled in school, how I tr- uh, struggled in um, elementary school, how mm-hmm. I struggled. In, and then in junior high, I had a spurt where I actually made honor roll for two years straight. Mm-hmm. Well, that was puberty. so you know that was you know you had that adrenaline had that drive Mm -hmm. during that period of time Mm -hmm. well that wore off by the time i got to high school um and um uh, i did okay uh through it i you know uh but i was never um that super student that a lot of my friends were you Mm -hmm. know uh i was just that average student you know, a uh, you know an occasional a um, happy to have a C. Yeah, you know, yeah. get you by passed. with, mm-hmm. uh, and um, because uh, because I struggled so much, uh, there were things that I was really interested in. There were some things that the teacher just could not get through to me, mm-hmm. and even though I would ask for help or whatever, the teacher wasn't going to change his or her lesson plan to, or what we would call today, a modification uh, to help me with that. Um, In fact, I had one math teacher who was, who could get through to me. Mm. And um, he would, I would take my work from the other teacher that I was, uh, had a class with over to him and say, can you explain this to me? Well, she found out I did that, and she took offense in it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I, I, I explained to her, you know, please, please, please don't take offense in what I'm trying to do here. In fact, oh. all three of us sat down, and and uh, my my math teacher, my friend, he uh, he said, Jay learns a little bit different than mm-hmm. the rest of your students probably does. Jay's very smart and intelligent, but he needs to, you're, he's coming to me to ex, for, for an explanation of this uh, so that uh, he can grow and accelerate in your class. Mm-hmm. Well, why doesn't he come to me? And I said, no offense, but I have a friendship, if you will, with this math teacher because I practically grew up with him. Right. And, um, he can just get through to he's easier to get through to me than than you are. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. an offense, you know. Sometimes you get through to students, sometimes you don't. Right. Uh, I like you as a teacher. I like you as a person. Mm-hmm. But um, and uh, but I don't want you to find offense that I'm coming to this teacher, you know, for for assistance. I'm look at him as a tutor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, she said, oh, well, if you're doing it like that, okay. I said, I'm not doing anything to undermine you or anything like that. I'm just trying to learn how to do this and be more, try to get through your class without going nuts. You were advocating for yourself at a young age. I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, uh, and it was, um, there were no modifications to a plan or anything like that in the yeah. school system that uh, that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, there are now, of right, course. Right, right. But uh, then um, 
graduating in the, in the uh, early eighties, mm-hmm. that wasn't a um, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. If um, uh, if I had been tested or anything of that nature, um, you know, maybe they would have caught something, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of kids who, um, you know, if I had probably um, knew what I had then, you know, they probably would have put me in special ed rather than in the, you know, the regular curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't. You know, the the special ed program was actually for special ed. It wasn't a, 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 um, um, an IEP, Mm -hmm. you know, instructional type thing where you needed needed modifications. Mm -hmm. So, um, looking back at that through what my son was going through, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go rabbit trail back to my, back to my son and seeing what, what kind of modifications they were doing for him. Yeah. I was like, well, wow, that's cool. That's neat that they're, you know, he's having, he's having difficulty spelling certain words. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually gave him a, um, um, a speller machine thing, you know, mm-hmm. where you get close to it and bam, there was the word. Mm-hmm. Um, he was having difficulty with tests. I had difficulty with tests. I would just, freak out you know mm-hmm. the sweat would be pouring off backside of my neck and i would go into almost like a panic yeah what would you tell a listener if they were newly diagnosed with adhd if you're newly diagnosed with adhd congratulations you are among the elite mm-hmm. um and don't worry everything's going to be okay trust me and uh, depending on whether you're a grown adult or if you're a teenager in college, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a teenager in college, I applaud you because you are going to get some of the most, you're going to get probably the best help of anyone else as far as in the age bracket is yeah. concerned. Mm-hmm. There are programs within your college and within your university, or even if you're not going to college in, in your university, if you're you know just in the working world or if you're in a a uh, different, different type of career, there are, uh, you have avenues at your disposal and um, you're, you have more of those type of things now than I would have ever had at 55 years of age. So I think it's really interesting, sort of the, how ADHD awareness has come about, you know, over the last few years, because when, when Jay was in school, he didn't have an IEP plan. He wasn't even recognized as having ADHD. And now they, you know, we do have those kinds of accommodations. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that that means it's a good trend, right? More awareness of ADHD. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I think there are some, there are a couple of pieces in Jay's conversation that I think are really important. And, and the first one is, um, <laughs> uh, cultivate your mentors, 
right? And right. I, I think what Jay's example was, and he, you know, he was a little bit dismissive of himself. And that, I think, is characteristic of those of us with ADHD. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to say uh, that that is a, an incredibly intuitive and insightful strategy to, like, cultivate this tutor that is this other teacher and friend to help you through things that are hard when you need it, even when it means you have to actually advocate for yourself in a way that's uncomfortable with somebody else. And yeah. and I think that's something, that's, that's a lesson that he demonstrated very early, even if it wasn't a lesson that he's able to to have repeated consistently over like we it's hard to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's that's model behavior right there. And um and it's important. And I feel like I'm I want to take that too. The the second is uh that your mentors and the people that you find aspirational don't have to be older or more experienced than you. And Mm -hmm. this is such a valuable lesson that I learn from my 14 and 18-year-old how they adapt to the world around them every single day. And they are so important to me in my journey as a a lifelong learner. I can't... Mm I, I can't imagine what my life would be like if I didn't have them to learn to watch and grow and and yeah. love. Like that's that's really powerful. And so Jay's story with his with his son and watching his son go through this experience, um, I think is as something that's illustrative of his own uh, is powerful. Like it's mm-hmm. great stuff. All of it is great stuff. And thank you guys so much for participating. And to all the listeners out there, I really hope that you enjoyed this as much as we did. And uh, yeah, I I love it. We've got more to come next week. Yeah. Four more stories. That's right. Can't wait. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this show. To those of you who have been in the live stream hanging out with us, this has been uh, a couple of hours of us actually going through these interviews and kind of hope that you see that as a cool benefit to to being a part of our community. We like sort of uh, this this whole transparency thing is is fun for us. And and so, uh, you know, if you're interested in seeing how the sausage gets made, um, (laughs) you know, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>